everyone. I'm Grace Beeson, and this is the Because Why Not podcast, where I help you to love your life just as it is. I'm a mindset and relationship coach, a 20-plus year wedding planner, a mom of two young boys, a wife, a daughter, a sister, a friend, and a relatable human on a constant journey of spiritual growth and personal development, all with a lot of laughter along for the ride. I'm a self-help junkie, a cookie addict, Bravo TV lover, and a former party girl committed to showing people there is joy to be found exactly where they are. Thanks for joining me. Hi, everyone. How are you? I have a very special guest with me here today. It's been a while since I've done an interview with someone else on my podcast, but I'm going to be doing more um, because everyone's at home and people want to talk and share about what they're doing. And it, um, I think, is fun and mixes things up. And there's so much we can learn from each other. So today I have Amy Fuentes, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her here um, before we begin. Amy is an author, transformational speaker, life coach, mindfulness coach, wife, and mother of two grown girls. Amy's also the creator of Aha Moments with Amy on Facebook and YouTube, where she enlightens people with her life-altering aha moments and amazing, interesting facts about everyday life that she calls, quote-unquote, you don't know what you don't know. To inspire couples to nurture their relationship, she shares her date days with her husband, John, which are the secret to their happy marriage that has lasted almost three decades. Amy's genuineness and warmth make all who meet her feel connected, heard, and understood, and allows her to authentically connect with audiences everywhere. Amy is a transformational speaker, author, and coach who's helped thousands of people navigate their life's journey. Before she became a transformational speaker, Amy had a successful career as a mortgage broker and spoke to groups about avoiding the common mistakes people make with credit and first-time home buying. Having the entrepreneurial spirit, she started a business and also produced a hosted and hosted a TV special called Stretching Your Dollar, which helped people learn how to live their lives for less money. Amy has spent the last four years finding the tools, strategies, and tactics which she uses to help others answer some of life's questions like, what am I here for? What is my purpose? What's next for me? What do I believe? And what is standing in my way of achieving my dreams? Amy shares her aha moments weekly on her YouTube channel and Facebook group, Aha Moments with Amy. She enjoys traveling and spending time volunteering with her therapy dog, Duncan, and bringing joy to those in her community. So enjoy this episode with Amy. I think we can learn a lot about stretching our dollar, and we're also going to hear about teaching kids about money, which is something I am so excited to hear more about. Um, So here's Amy. Hi, Grace. Hello, Amy. How are you? I am doing well. A little bit of technical difficulty, but we figured it out. We did it. I'm so glad to hear your voice. Well, we made it. It's a, it's a journey every day <laughs> with something. So I'm just glad to be here with you. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited about this. Good, good. Well, um, 
yeah, I, you know, I was doing my intro about you. And so everyone has heard your bio and your really, you know, impressive story about all the things you've done and what you do. And I think there's so much that, that my listeners can learn from you about, you know, just as you being a coach and, um, you know, a person who helps people, um, with finances and now what you're doing with, um, teaching kids about money. And I think there's just so much to take from who you are and what you do. And, um, and so we find ourselves though here together during this very interesting, challenging, unique moment in time. And, you know, I think it's, a particularly good time to be speaking with you who is a coach and who is a financial expert um, because we all need more input in those ways right now. I think so many of us and so many people do. So, um, you know, I have questions that I want to ask you, but I, I think the question that came up for me that I really want to lead off with because you are a coach is how are you using your own coaching tools to, or what coaching tools are you using to sort of self-coach yourself through this difficult time? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I actually, uh, I, I, I'm lucky. I follow my own advice when it comes to this one. I, um, I actually helped somebody go through this not too long ago. And what the advice I gave is exactly what I'm doing. And that is to create a routine, to stick with the routine, because right now, so many of us feel out of control. You know, we don't feel like we have control over our situation. We don't have control over being able to leave our homes. And this is something that we absolutely have control over. So I have my own routine. It's a non-negotiable for me. I start my day the very same way every single day. And that allows me to feel a lot more in control of my life and of my day um, over things that I do have control over. So, for example, I get up and I walk my adorable chocolate lab named Duncan every single day. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't allow me to take a break from that. So that kind of works out good, um, that he keeps reminding me, even if I decide I really don't want to, he kind of puts his big wet nose on my face and kind of nudges me along. So, um, we go for a walk every day and then I come home and I work out. Now I don't, I'm not a, like a workout fiend. I'm not somebody that goes to, um, spin class and pl- I work out at home. I do stretches. I do some cardio. Uh, I work out for about 20 to 30 minutes and then I meditate. Uh, I think that that is really key. Uh, it kind of centers me. It kind of calms me when my emotions start to get a little bit crazy. I do some, um, deep breathing, some breathing exercises. Um, as a matter of fact, I'd love to share one Uh, My favorite one is what they call box breathing. Mm. Um, And so I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it is um, a form. Some people consider it a form of meditation, but I just find that when I'm nervous or when I'm anxious or when I'm 
you know, kind of feeling out of control. If I take just 30 seconds to a minute and do some box breathing, it really helps. And this is how, awesome. yeah. Show this, us. Is, this is how you do it. So you inhale for a count of four, you hold it for a count of four, you exhale it for a count of four, and then you stay empty for a count of four. And you just repeat that a few times. And what this does is it, it calms down your parasympathetic, I can't even say it today. Is it parasympathetic? Yes, nervous system. Okay, okay. It calms your your nervous system down. So um, if you want, we can do a couple of deep breaths. Yeah, let's do one. Okay, so you inhale, I'll I'll count, and we'll do it together. So inhale to a count of four, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, stay empty, two, three, four. Let's do one more. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, stay empty, two, three, four. And if you do that just a couple of times, it literally alleviates all of that um, bundled up nerves and energy uh, and, and kind of just settles things down. So that's uh, I so do... good. I just want to say, I think that's like so valuable, especially for so many of my listeners have young children mm-hmm. and we are using all of our patients every yep. day. We are tapping into resources of patients that we literally didn't know existed. I mean, I'll speak for myself. I don't know where my well of patients is coming from, but that breathing will be so helpful because there are, despite all the patients that we've tapped into, there are moments where you just think you're going to blow and there's nowhere (laughs) to go, right? There's nothing to do. Um, So that's incredibly helpful. I love that. And I'll let you continue, but I also want to say, I I love what you said about routine. I think that routine is vital, um, especially with starting your morning in the same way every day and in this um, climate that we're in where there's very little that we can control. It's it's so important that we create routine within our four walls. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, that has really been my godsend. You know, knowing that I have control over my day um, and how I start it starts me out on the right foot. And I, I mean, none of us are perfect. And I have two adult children. Um, I actually have three now that have moved into the home with their <sighs> pet cat. My husband's <laughs> allergic to cats. The cat oh. doesn't like my dog. So, you know, we have managed. And we have yeah, managed. It has, yeah. <laughs> it has worked out fine. But there have been times where you have five adults in the kitchen trying to make themselves lunch um, Mm. that, you know, or somebody leaves something out and the other person gets irritated that it's left out or nobody ran the dishwasher. So things happen. (laughs) It doesn't just because you have little kids or big kids, you know, the irritation is still irritation. Oh yeah. And even just people who are at home just with their partners or who are home, um, really who are home alone and find themselves getting really worked up um, or emotional or frustrated. I mean, it doesn't matter the scenario. That's something I keep being reminded of is it doesn't matter 
what your scenario is, we are all challenged right now. So that breathing is so helpful and routine. Yeah. And, And it really does help right before you explode at your partner, your kids, or even when you get short with yourself, like your, your frustration level starts to rise, literally just close your eyes and do a couple of deep breaths. If you're not going to do the box breathing, at least take a couple of deep breaths before you explode. It will kind of calm yourself down. And that has really helped. That's great. I love both of those pieces of advice because what we need right now are uh, small tips, like literal sound bites. Our attention span is so short right now. collectively. And I think having, you know, one or two minute um, tips of what we could do, you know, about creating your morning routine and doing your breathing. So that's so great. Um, and, and so I want to launch into your story because it's, it's so interesting. And I think um, truly so relatable, um, uh, especially given um, what you'll share about what you went through 20 years ago that um, so many people are going through now and coming out the other side um, in a powerful way, which is uh, what I believe so many people will be able to do from this dark time. So why don't you go ahead and tell me, um, it's not a light question, but I said <laughs> it in a light way. Um, what, what was the darkest, one of the darkest moments in your life? that well, kind of launched you into where you ultimately led to where you are today. What was that dark moment? Well, you know, they always say refiners fire. We all have to go through a deep, dark time to come out the other side. And at that point, I, I knew that it wasn't going to last forever. And I knew that it wasn't going to feel very good. It lasted a really long time, you guys, a really long time. And that mm-hmm. was, um, about 20 years ago, it was September, a beautiful day out. Um, it was actually not a cloud in the sky. And it was a time where the leaves were starting to change colors. It was a really, really beautiful, beautiful day. And after saving, like, saving for years and years and years, my husband and I, my husband John and I, had finally, finally bought our dream home. And we had moved in and he was outside mowing the lawn and I was straightening the house. And then the phone rang and, um, that phone call, um, drastically changed my life. And as, as I talked to that person, I realized that my life was never going to be the same. Mm. Um, that person asked it, it, you know, it, it actually brings me almost to tears to even go through it again but I know other people will really benefit knowing that wherever they're at, it will, it may be similar to where I was and know that there is hope. So, um, the voice on the phone frantically kind of squealed, where is John? Is he home? Is he home? And, you know, confused. I just said, well, yeah. And they said, well, go get him and turn on the TV. Um, and I know you guys don't know this, but my husband is a commercial airline pilot and that's that day I, I went and got him and we stood in the, in, in our house as we watched the planes fly into the twin towers in New York city. Um, for those of you who, who lost people, 
my heart goes out to you. We were lucky. We stood there in horror and shock, but we were one of the lucky ones because we were home safe. We were safe and sound and alive. Um, but once that event um, passed, as that actually settled down and months went by, and everybody kind of got back to life as usual, except, of course, when they're traveling, because mm-hmm. life was never the same again after that if you travel in the, in the airports. But for the most part, your everyday life went back to normal. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for me, um, because as a result of that horrific event, my life was impacted in ways that I could never have imagined. Overnight, our income was literally cut in half, in Mm. half. So here we had just moved into this beautiful new home. You could still have the the fresh smell of new carpet and paint. And now we're looking at each other with like, how how are we going to pay the mortgage? Um, What are we, how, what are we going to, how are we going to put food on the table? What are we going to do? How are we going to make the car payment? Um, and it was a very scary, fearful, overwhelming, nightmarish of a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was going to say, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it just, it sends shivers down my spine for many reasons. I just think this conversation is so timely. Um, but you know, I lived in Manhattan on nine 11. So, um, it brings up all kinds of feelings for me, um, but your story um, resonates with me because what you went through 20 years ago is so similar to um, what I've experienced and so many people have experienced right now with the pandemic, with incomes being cut and great concern over bills being paid and how's the income coming in and what's going to change and and so I just want to say that, you know, it's so brave to share your story, no matter when you're sharing it. I'm so appreciative. I, I fully believe that when women become vulnerable and open and honest about their struggles, that number one, that's how they can recover and become stronger and, you know, move forward. Um themselves but also as as a collective you know we've got to be able to to say to each other like I actually didn't know how I was going to pay the bills yeah and this is what I did you know so I just appreciate you sharing it so much and going to that place that I know is really difficult and emotional even 20 years later because it's visceral you know you lived through it Mm-hmm. And even though I learned a lot and even though I came out the other side, every time I tell people about it, it still causes my stomach to do flips. It still mm-hmm. gives me, you know, goosebumps up and down. It still, you know, frankly brings me to tears because, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were not only scared and nervous and upset and worried about how we were going to make it on the, on the less income, but the airline went into bankruptcy. Mm. And so it was a really scary, uncertain and overwhelming time to say the least. Um, and 
I wish I would, I wish I could tell you that we had saved and prepared for that, but I'm here to say we did not. Um, we had not prepared for that kind of a financial catastrophe. We, um, <laughs> I used to say budget. Isn't that when you spend everything in your bank account and then you just wait until there's more that comes in? <laughs> Isn't that what a budget is? <laughs> you know, you spend it all and then you eat the, the ramen and the, you know, hamburger until you get more money coming in? Or, yes. You know, Isn't you know, that really? Yeah. Um, I think that's what this is. This is. Yeah. So, oh, God, to hear you talking about because I think, unfortunately, you know, so many um, people, myself included, are learning during this time that there's a reason why you are supposed to have six to eight months liquid living expenses available to you at the ready. Um, None of us ever thinks that it's going to be needed. And here we are. Yeah, you are. So what did you, what did you, what did you do? What did you realize you needed to let go of in order to oh. move forward? And how did you transform your family life? Like, tell us what you did. Well, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> I cried. I cried. I screamed. Um, I pounded my fists. Um, I had my little tantrum probably more than once. Not probably. I did, honestly, Mm. more than once. I think the hardest part was looking into my girls' lives and having to explain how life was going to change to them. Mm. You know, we had to say, oh, God. Um, Let's see. They were in in first and second grade or first and second grade, I think. (sighs) Kindergarten and first grade. They were young. You know, and um, my husband, John, and I, we got rid of his dream car that he had just purchased. We got rid of all non-essential services like gym memberships and, you know, people who helped us with the yard. Um, And, you know, like I said, the hardest part was how do you explain that to your kids without blaming yourself and feeling like, literally the worst parent on the planet for no longer being able to give them the life that they had become accustomed to living. Because let's face it, life as we knew it had to change. And that was going to greatly impact them. And I felt, I felt, you know, frankly, like a failure. I felt like a crappy parent. How could I not plan for this? How could I not prepare for this? And more importantly, how do I explain it to them? You know, I don't want to rock their world and I don't want them to be worried um, because, like I said, I, I didn't even know how I was going to pay the mortgage, let alone dance classes and music lessons and things along those lines. Yeah. Um, so it was at, it was literally at this point where, you know, you asked me, what did you know? What did you realize that you needed to let go of? I realized that I really needed to let go of the anger and the blame. You know, I blamed my parents for not teaching me better. I blamed my education because they didn't teach me money management. I blamed the um, airline because if they had prepared themselves, then they they would be able to absorb some of the, um, some of the loss, you know, because in reality, that loss back then was so far less than what they're losing now because Mm -hmm. they've been, the airline has Back then, they were closed for like a week, 10 days. Now, they've been cut back for months. So, um, 
yeah, I was playing the blame game pretty, pretty well. And the thing I had to let go was, was I really needed to let go of that anger and blame and stop wallowing in my own self-pity and pick myself up from my bootstraps mm-hmm. and figure out how the heck I was, what I was going to do and how I was going to turn this around. How, mm-hmm. you know, this is the situation. I got lemons. At least I got something. And I got to figure out how to work with it to make it work. Wow. Um, yes, it was, it was, it, it was pretty um, overwhelming. Yeah. I, and I, so for those of you who may be in that situation now or may be facing it or being fearful that that's going to be your situation now, let me tell you, I understand. Not only do I understand, I'm with you. I've been there. I cut back. So that the only thing that we had was literally the the mortgage and food. That was literally that's what that you paid it. for. Yeah. That was it because I didn't have I did not have any more money. I had to learn how to live my life and live it for less. Um, and, and did you did did it feel like it took months to adjust to that? Did you go get another job like? How were your kids? How was that major transition besides incredibly stressful and painful for you, which is huge, but how how did it sort of play out? Did it take months to get into a new normal? Yes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say, oh, these three quick, easy steps and boom, in a week, you're back to normal. Yeah, that, that's that's just not reality, you guys. I, I would yeah. be lying to you if I told you that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a long tr- it was a long journey because, you know, you had to sit down and explain to your kids, you know, what you could and couldn't couldn't afford and um, how things were going to have to move going forward. And um, yes, I did. I went out and got a job. But because my husband uh, worked for an airline and traveled a lot, I needed something that was really flexible and the thing that I found that was really flexible was 100% commission. So to say that that was an additional stress in an industry that I had no working knowledge of. I went in and became a mortgage broker and I didn't even know, I didn't even know how to work a mortgage calculator. Mm. So it was, it was definitely an uphill battle. But the biggest thing that I took away from all of this was that I needed to learn how to manage my money. I had to stop, you know, making jokes about it and blaming others and being angry. And I had to figure this out. I had to finally say, I I can't, you know, school doesn't teach. Even nowadays, school doesn't teach it. They don't teach it in school how to manage your money. They teach you how to make it. They teach you how to keep it. But they don't tell you how to manage it. And, um, and my parents, I don't really fault them. They did the best they could. They, you know, back then things were different and they could only teach me what they had learned. So I decided right there and then that not only was I going to learn more about money management and how to, how to live my life and do so in a way that was more cost effective, but I was going to teach it to my kids. I was going to break the cycle. You know, my parents had a hardship, um, I remember vividly, and, and I have to laugh, Grace, because when I was a kid, my, my parents went through a really hard time, and when it came time for the holidays, 
they um they gave us you know gifts but they couldn't really afford much so you know one day my mom would joke one day was you know a pair of socks the next day was some (laughs) underwear the next day and the one that we remember my brother and sister sisters and I I'm one of four we still talk about to this day is there was this one gift because my parents gave us eight gifts because um I'm of a religion that we we celebrate Hanukkah so it's eight gifts and they uh-huh. wanted to provide for us. So they gave us eight different gifts. Uh-huh. And again, they were small and the la- we saved this last one. It was really small and it made this really cool noise when you shook it. And my mom would say, don't shake it. You're going to break it. Don't shake it. You're going to break. I can remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, what could this be? We all decided we all had the same one. So we decided we we're going to all open it at the same time. We're going to wait for the very last night. So last night comes along and we're shaking it. We're all excited and we open it up. Do you have any idea what it was? Uh-uh. It was two packages of Tic Tacs. <gasps> that, was my, that was my holiday gift was two packages of Tic Tacs. <gasps> now, most wow. kids, if you had to get two packages of Tic Tacs for your holiday whether that's Christmas or Kwanzaa or Id or Hanukkah or whatever it is, you would be pretty disappointed. I don't remember what my reaction was then, but I will tell you today, we all laugh about it. Oh, I bet you do. The saddest part was that I had to repeat history and had to give my children Tic Tacs that year. (gasps) Did you do that? Wow. I did. Wow. I did. Um, my dad was, I didn't have any money. I scoured my house because think about it, you know, 9-11 was in September. So then, you know, December hits, there, there's no money. So um, my, I scoured the house. I found gift cards, believe it or not, to Toys R Us. And I had to go and, you know, spend that on their gifts. My dad was in a business where he made like costume jewelry and he was going out of business, so he sent me all of his inventory. Uh-huh. And I had one of those open house parties and, like, gave it away for, like, almost free. You know, it was like $10 for a necklace, $5 for earrings. And I used that money to buy them gifts. Oh, my gosh. So, wow, wow. You just did what you had to do. Yep. You just – and you know what? It, it really was a knock down a notch it takes you down your pride goes away you become really almost um you almost feel a bunch of shame and sure. so i want to tell you and your listeners that if this is you don't feel that way give yourself to use your name give yourself some grace mm-hmm. you know you did the best you could you couldn't see this coming you guys just like i couldn't see 911 coming you couldn't see this coming so just dust yourself off pick yourself up and do what you need to do to get through it we sold his car we you know gave him tic tacs for the holidays did you, you sell know, your house um we went to sell our house believe it or not we went to sell our house and we were going to use a realtor that was a friend, uh, a mother of a friend of ours. And she came over and, you know, she told me, she told me, Amy, don't you dare sell this house. I was like, I don't know that we can afford it. She said, don't you dare sell this house. You eat rice and pasta for as long as you need to. 
hold out for as long as you can. I'm glad that she gave me that advice. Um, I think, you know, looking back, it was, it, it was a, the right decision for us. Luckily, we were able to refinance into a mortgage vehicle that I would not advise people to utilize that got people in a lot of trouble back then, yeah. which was an, in, which was an interest only mortgage because mm-hmm. we could only afford the interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did what we, what we had to do in order to make that work. Um, and, and so along the way through all of this, the best part of all of this is that I did, I started reading, I started learning, I started implementing all sorts of things that I I watched an Oprah episode where they were talking about a woman who may do on such little money and she had this budget and everything else. And I, I actually started tracking every penny we spent, any money that was spent, you had to have a receipt for it. And I would track it in an Excel spreadsheet down to the penny so that I could assign each penny I made, not dollar, not 50 cents, not a quarter. Every single penny that came into that house had a job, whether that was to go to the mortgage or go to food or go to wherever. Everything had to have an assignment and and where it needed to work. And through doing all of that and learning along the way, I learned some key strategies that I implemented and helped us survive, but not only helped us survive, I taught it to my kids and I taught it to them on a level that they could understand, which at the time I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was just trying different things that I was learning and thinking of, but now, you know, 20 years later, they are now unbelievable their relationship with money you guys i did it i did it for all of you who want to break a cycle whether that's a cycle of alcoholism a cycle of abuse a cycle a cycle of financial worry i broke it i did it my kids don't have it and and i will tell you i have one that makes a decent living financially i have another one that doesn't she makes less she makes less than 50 grand a year and she has managed to save and i'm i'm proud to say that she has managed to save not only um over well, I think she's got almost $20,000 in a retirement fund but she also has $50,000 in a savings account. Wow. She has all she of lives, that and she makes less. Wow. That's amazing. That makes a, less than 50 grand a year. She her. lives on her own. She does not live at home. Well, she lives at home right now because of Corona, but she does not typically live at home. And I, I does she have a relationship with money like I do where it was fearful? Nope. Does she have a relationship of scarcity? Nope. She, she has that rainy day fund, Grace. She has no debt. She has nothing on credit cards. Her relationship with money is so very different than mine, and it was due to the fact of this one event that caused me to learn about money and to then pass it on to them in ways that really made it simple, made it easy, and made it something that stuck with them so that years later they can be on their own. Oh, it's amazing and aspirational and just incredible. And 
um, I just, yeah, we want to hear more because of course, um, as you know, I'm learning how to speak to my kids about money. It, it started because they were, um, I felt that they're sort of at the right age. And um, I am a person with, um, I don't know what you even say, like deep emotional baggage about money. Um, and I'm really like self-taught as I think many of us are. And yep. Um, and have for years lapped up information about managing one's financial life, but uh, never implemented it well or properly, you know, right, and, right. Uh, made, made good choices, made bad choices. But, um, you know, I think I'm not alone in, in being open and honest and vulnerable in saying that, um, I still have so much more to learn. And one of my biggest goals is to be financially successful in the way that you've described, which is that I don't pass on my baggage to my children and that they don't live in fear or with a lack mentality. And um, as I said to you, it's, you know, I'm not a person who grew up with scarcity and yet I am a person with, um, uh, I don't know, a hard relationship, complex relationship with money who has lived with fear and scarcity and lack mentalities for years. So it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, it's, it's, it's your, it's mindset, which we understand about coaches. Like everything is about your mindset. Um, but I, you know, one of my biggest goals is to do what you've done, which is, um, have children who are free from that. And, and, and so, yeah, so tell us more what you did, because of course, on a personal level, I'm, I'm curious how you spoke to your first and second graders. Like I have a kindergarten and a second grader. How did you speak to them at that time without making them feel scared? And what did you learn about how you communicated with them that sort of helped you in uh, decide how you wanted to communicate in a different way with your children about money. Cause you, I know that you have figured out how to talk to mon- children about money in a really successful way. And you're going, you're teaching people how to t- talk to their children about money. So what's the, I guess my question is how did you speak to them about it back then without making them feel scared, but then how did you change that language um, and turn it into something that is so positive? Um, well, you know, it's, it's hard to go back and remember exactly yeah. what I said. Sure. Um, I will say that I might not have said it so great back then mm-hmm. um, because that was at the very beginning of my own journey. And so when the, the catastrophe, you know, the event happened, I, um, I, I was fearful and I tried really hard not to put that out on them, but they're not, they're smart. If there's our little humans are so incredibly intuitive, right? You can tell them everything's going to be okay. And they can look at you and know that you are just lying through your teeth. Mm -hmm. So they feel um, it. Yeah. Oh, they feel it. I mean, there's, there's no glossing it over. So I was honest with them, but I don't know that I was honest more than they wanted to know. I, 
I prescribe to the philosophy of you give them answers to the questions that they have and not more. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is basically what I did when, when stuff happened, I, I just said, you know, stuff has happened and we have, you know, a little bit less money coming in. So we're going to have to make some, we're going to have to make some, I didn't say we couldn't do things. I chose to, to tackle it a different way because that makes everybody feel really yucky. Mm-hmm. If you say, I can't do that, that makes you feel really yucky and it makes you feel very unempowered. Um, and so I decided to do something a little bit different and, um, I decided to empower them instead. Um, and I don't know why it's just the way that I look at things. It's just how I'm wired. Um, but instead of saying, I, we can't do that. I sa- I would say, we need to make a choice. Do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. I, and you know, yeah. Do you want to give up? Do you want to, I don't know, a figure, let me think of, of something that they would want to do. Um, like go to summer camp or take a vacation. Oh yeah. No, I'm t- tone it down way bigger than that. Okay. Like go out that. for pizza or go to the movies. Um, yeah, it, but more so like if you wanted to do a summer camp, okay, then I would say, okay, mommy has, mommy and daddy have this amount that we can spend. If we spend it on summer camp, that means that you can't have any birthday presents or holiday presents for a year. You can go for a week to camp, but that means that when your birthday comes around, I give you a card and I remind you, you spent your birthday present, your birthday present was going to camp. So you tell me which is more important to you. Would you rather go to camp for a week or would you rather have a birthday present and, you know, holiday presents? So then they felt like they were making the choice. They They were empowered. They had control. control. Yeah. Yep. And so they probably, if they were starting at a young age with that control and making those choices, they they probably were never really leading with fear or lack because they always had options. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And what did you do with the, Oh, I'm sorry. I was, was, what came up for me there is, um, and obviously I'm infusing my own thoughts and feelings from my own family into this, but I think this is a good question that comes up for people. How did you deal with the um, comparison issues, like what they saw their friends doing or um, you, you feeling your own sense of shame over not being able to give them everything? How did you handle those two things? Those are great questions. Um, something that I actually talk in depth about in my course, Raising Money Savvy Kids. But briefly, the way that I de- dealt with that is that I, I showed them no matter how much money or what our situation is, there's always going to be somebody that has more mm-hmm. and there's always going to be somebody who has less. Mm-hmm. Always. So stop, you know, I would tell them, you know, you need to know and be grateful for what we do have and not regret what we don't have. 
We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a roof over our heads. There are people that are living in shelters. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live in a shelter. You have a house. There are people that can't afford electricity and heat. You can afford electricity. We can afford electricity and heat. You are way better off than many people. And, and so when, when you put it in that perspective, they're, they're able to see it a little bit better. It doesn't help. It still stings when you have somebody that just came back from Disney World and you, you can't afford to go. Oh, Disney. If I have to hear about Disney one more time, you know that's my story is, is feeling the guilt over not being able to take them to Disney for a week right now. And, and that's I've been doing exactly what you say, which is saying like, Let's talk about all the things we're grateful for. Let's talk about all the things we can do. And but you can also do this, Grace. You can also say, is, okay, let me ask you this. Is that important to your children or is that important to you? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. <sighs> because I will tell you, most kids don't put nearly as much emphasis on those kinds of things as we do. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I do have a second grader who has every kid in his class who's been, so that's all he talks about. And it really helps, actually, that they're not in school because I'm hearing about it less. Yeah. <laughs> and also, well, Disney Disney's closed. Right, right, exactly. It's Disney's closed anyway. It's closed. No, but you bring up such a good point, which is that we, um, we, we hand our children our baggage to carry, and it's incumbent upon us not to give them our stuff. And one big thing that I work through as a parent when it comes to finances is my own guilt and shame over not being able to do certain things for my children right now that were done for me as a child financially. Um, But then I'm reminded by myself and my wonderful husband all the time that, you know, my children have such a, a loving uh, family with parents who are married and, and together. And there's so much that, I mean, I had a loving family too, but my point is that my children have so much that, that they, they feel safe and they feel loved and they, and that's the most important thing, particularly right now. And, and, um, and so we do have to be very careful not to place our own stuff on, our kids and say, I'm sorry, I can't do this for you. I'm sorry, I can't do that for you because they may not have even known about those things and they really may not care. You know, they want your love. They want our love. They want to feel safe. And and not only love, but they want your time. They want your time and attention. They will, they will forgo Disney for you to go, you know, do something really fun. You know what I would do? True. And true. This is something here. I'll give you something to do with them that is so super special that nobody else gets to do. You ready? Yeah. This is for everybody who has children that want to go to Disney. And we all know how expensive Disney is. And you can't afford it right now. And if you don't want to make those sacrifices, you, you know, depending on how old your child is, you can say, all right, let's save as a family. We're going to save. So when you get birthday money, you're going to save for Disney. When we get birthday money, we're going to save for Disney and you're not going to do any sports and you're not going to do, and, and they'll look at you like, <laughs> I can't do sports. I can't yeah. do birthday parties. Well, we, 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 we need to make decisions. Yeah. Is Disney really important? If Disney's really important, we can go. 
Right. Can, I never say no. You say how. How. That's great. So how are we going to do this? Well, we can do it this way. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, that's your choice. There's lots of choices. There's already plenty of options. And, and so, again, it's, it's empowering them. But let me get back to something that you can do that is reasonable with your child that my mom did with me and my kids and I passed on, this is something good that I passed on to my kids and it's called an I love you day. Mm. And the way that it works is on one random day, you send your kids off to school. They go off to school. They start their day. An hour, two hours, whatever it is into the day. doesn't even matter. You go and you take them out of school. And their first thing is, what's going on? Is everything okay? Do I have a doctor's appointment? <laughs> you know, am I in trouble? And then you turn around and go, surprise, it's I love you day. Mine was I love Amy day. And so my mom would take me and we would do something special, just the two of us. Aww. And so when somebody says, you know, I got to go to Disney, oh, I would just turn around and say, well, everyone gets to go to Disney, but not everybody gets an I love you day. That's so sweet. I love that. And I'm going to do it the minute they go back to school. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe not the first week. Maybe not the first month, but no, I love that. I think, I think having those wonderful special ideas for how to connect with your kids without spending money, or maybe you're spending a little bit going to get ice cream or something, you know, it's so good. And, and, um, and really, it is what they want is our time. And, of course, we're certainly learning that with them being in the house with us and, and you know, right now, too. But I think that's wonderful advice. And, right. and it's just so yeah. And you don't have to do it all yeah. the time, Grace. I, yeah, no, I did it once a year. Great. I didn't do it once a month. Yeah. I did it once a year. And they never knew when it was going to happen. And it, it might be it might be we're going to go and – visit the pets, you know, if they really liked the pet store and they liked, I don't know, or they liked, um, puppies, we would go to, you know, one of those you right, know, uh, go look shelters or <laughs> if it was, yeah, it doesn't need to be anything. It could be, Oh, we're going to go have, you know, we're going to go to right. Starbucks and get a coffee. And that just, it's just the fact that they get announced out of school. Cause they, the office, makes an announcement. Hello, you know, Mrs. Smith, can, can you please send Morgan down to the yeah. office? Um, for, you know, and, and it's special. I like yeah. nobody else gets that. No, it's nobody. amazing. I love that idea. And, and it just sounds like, you know, you just, you really made lemonade out of lemons and, you know, started teaching your kids when they were young and empowering them and now they're in their 20s and have such great tools and I want you to be able to tell us because our time is just I could talk to you all day but our time is getting eaten up here and we have about um, 12 more minutes so um, I want you to be able to tell us you know what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself when you went through this major transformation in your family and you know how did it sort of inform your future and, and then tell us um, about this class of yours that is launching that people can sign up for. Okay. Uh, Let's see if we can do this in 12, in 12 minutes. All right. Um, 
the biggest thing I learned was that I had a lot of limiting beliefs that were holding me back. I thought that I wasn't good with money. I told myself all sorts of crap that wasn't helping me. And when I realized that I had control over that, and it wasn't that I was stupid with money, and it wasn't that I was bad at math. It was that I didn't know. And when I got the knowledge, I became better. And so I got rid of those limiting beliefs. And I started saying, it's not that you're dumb. It's that you didn't know. There's a difference. You have the capacity to learn Now get out there and figure it out. And so um, that had, that really helped. And I have helped others go through similar situations or not similar situations, but you know, situations that they felt um, with disempowered and limiting beliefs, and especially around money. We all have our own stories around money. And there isn't a person out there, no matter what um, background they are or how much money they make, that doesn't have some sort of complicated relationship with money. Um, If that is something that you want to pass on to your children and learn how, that's wonderful. You can learn that. If it's something that you want to break the mold and do something totally different so that you don't pass it on to your kids, I can help with that too. And I am, I have created an unbelievable course for parents. It's um, six weeks. It's six modules. It's an hour each module. And I have broken it down. And you know what? I got really tired of reading stuff in books and then having to figure out how to implement it. This is not that kind of a course. This kind of a course is giving you the tools and then having you implement it and then reporting back and then answering your questions when you have questions if it doesn't get implemented correctly. Because the more you implement them and the, the um, corrections that you can make along the way, the better off you are. And they're tiny tiny changes. These are not catastrophic changes. This is not something that takes a whole lot of money. As a matter of fact, you will actually save money. I helped this one woman um, do this and she in a year saved over a thousand dollars, over a thousand dollars because she implemented a couple of strategies and tools that I gave her. Um, and she's got such a better relationship with her children. No more arguing, so much more harmony in the home. Um, I don't know about you, but the whole argument was, mm-hmm. why can't we? I want this. Uh, all of those arguments and conversations Oof, cease. Sounds like a dream. You don't have them anymore. And so mm-hmm. the stress. <laughs> It, it is. And it's a reality. I can, we can make it a reality and we make it a reality in less than six weeks. Um, it, 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 and it is just mm-hmm. in what I say, you don't know what you don't know. And when you know, I love that. I love that. I just think this is such an incredible so. gift that you're giving to parents by having created this course and to, to, to confront some of our own issues and learn what we didn't already know or fine tune our knowledge. I'm just lapping it up that there are all of these brilliant women out there teaching women about money and you're one of them. And, and like I said, one of my biggest goals in life is to, uh, well, be one of those women who can pass on a great financial legacy, but also tools to my, Incredible. So 
tell tell me um tell us here what is the name of the course and when does it launch and where can people find it and also find you because you're a brilliant coach and um and financial expert etc etc Awesome. Well, the course is called Raising Money Savvy Kids. And we're going to be doing a free masterclass where you'll learn more about the course. It's free. See whether or not it's something that really fits in what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to happen on May 2nd. And then if you find that you, during that free masterclass, I'm not going to just be talking about stories and testimonials. It's, it's actually going to be, we're going to give you the number one secret that people don't know about raising money savvy kids, which once you know it, you'd be like, well, mm-hmm. that's pretty common sense, but a lot of people don't realize it. Um, and we're also going to give you the number one tool that you absolutely need to implement to, in order to teach your, your, your children about money. And it's so simple and it doesn't cost you awesome. any money to implement. So I'm all about saving money um, than, than spending it. Now, those people who want to sign up for the course and they want to be part of a group of women who are teaching their children about money and having their, all their questions answered, that will be opening after May 2nd. And by going to um, Lalola Coaching, it stands for live, love, and laugh. It's the first two letters of live, love, and laugh. So it's L-I-L-O-L-A coaching.com. And there's a bunch of free products on there. If you sign up for any of them, you'll get put on the mailing list and get notified when we open registration for the masterclass that's happening on the 23rd. We open registration for the masterclass on May 2nd. And then after that, we'll open up enrollment for the course. Um, It is going to be open for about a week for enrollment. And then um, it will close and, uh, and we'll be able to get everybody on their way so that in six weeks they can be where they want to be. We can help them bridge that gap between where they are and where they want to be. So that's the course. And Um, And I hope that a lot of your listeners at least come to the free masterclass so that they can learn the number one secret and the absolute tool you have to implement, even if they're not ready or willing. So they can go to to your website for the free masterclass to help them on their way. I know. They go to the website and Uh if they sign up for any product, they'll be put on the mailing list to be notified for them. And then they can also find you on Facebook under your name and and on YouTube. Well, they can find me under Mm -hmm. uh, Lalola Coaching on Facebook. They can also find me under my name. But more importantly, it's better Uh to connect right now with me on Lalola Coaching. I also do a Facebook right. group I told them about that. That's great. with Amy. And as, yeah, and it's, it's the same thing okay. on YouTube. YouTube and Facebook, it's AHA Moments with Amy. And every week I come on and give you some AHA light bulb moment that I had that has greatly impacted and benefited my life in the hopes that it will help oh, that others. That is so do cool. You are so. just a well of information. And like I said, I could talk to you all day. I feel like it'd be great to 
have you back on and continue this conversation to speak about, you know, women in finances and children in finances. It's just such an important topic. And I'm just truly um, inspired by your story. And I know that so many other people will be who are going through difficult times right now. And, you know, hearing you 19 years later, um, you know, your husband is still a pilot. And, you know, of course, airlines and everything are changing now, but you're 19 years um, into all of this and have so many powerful tools now that are, you know, I'm sure lifting you up. And it's just so wonderful that you're helping others and helping lift them up during this difficult time. And I'm just really appreciative of you sharing your story and your time with us. And um, so lilolacoaching.com, Amy Fuentes. Is that how you say your last name? Fuentes, that's what I thought, Amy Fuentes. Um, It is. Yeah, I'm just so glad to be with you and thankful to you for coming on. So we have just a couple of minutes. Do you want to say anything else? Well, I wish everybody the best. I hope everybody is staying healthy, staying um, sane. (laughs) And if not, hopefully the tools that I've shared with you will help Connect with me if you feel called to do so. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear if these tools are helping you. Um, and, and I'm here. I'm here for you. Know that you're not alone. That so many times when we're going through a difficult time, we feel like we're the only ones doing it. and We don't know where to turn. And if you feel that way, reach out. If not to me, to someone. Um, especially for those people who may be all by themselves because their children have left the home and right now you're kind of in isolation, um, reach out. They've got Zoom. You've got a telephone. Don't sit there and be mm-hmm. isolated and, and go in. Reach yeah, out. that's it's such really, good advice. really, really important. And absolutely. You know, we've got to check on our neighbors and check on our friends. And I wish you all the best. And thank you for such a great conversation, Amy. And um, just take care. Well, thank you so of much course. for having us. Well, really um, hopefully we'll do it again another time soon. So be well and um, yeah, we'll be in touch. Okay. Bye, Amy. Thanks. Bye. All right. Sam.